Hey, happy Wednesday, everybody, and welcome to the Transportation and Logistics Podcast, powered by Atlanta Dispatch and Humblebee Enterprises. I'm very excited to be here with a special guest. We have Walter Mitch Mitchell, who is the CEO of Thai Software. And before we begin, I just want to say that the Dispatcher's Guide to the Galaxy is available now as an ebook and a physical book. You can acquire your copy online from barnesandnobles.com or Amazon. And if you're into the ebook space, you can get your copy from Apple Books. But look, without further ado, Money Making Mitch. Again, thank you for joining me, brother. Happy holidays to you. How has this holiday season been treating you so far? Oh, man, thanks for having me, Jory. I'm really happy to be here with you today. So uh, the holiday season is a lot of work telling you brother i hear you and just by way of me having a brand new baby i want to say that i've been more holiday spirit you know since i can remember really it's it's a lot different now i can't even imagine at the same time i feel like my wife and i were just winging it on the traditions but uh you know the spirit's here but we're still trying to establish our our traditions uh what about you man you're linkedin i understand that you are a father how'd you come about you know, establishing yeah. some of those family traditions yourself yes sir yes sir well look again my guy i'm so appreciative of you being here and joining me for the folks who have not had an opportunity to encounter you in the past give us a brief introduction yeah that so i've been in the freight industry for about 20 years now maybe a little longer i don't know i'm just gonna i think i'm gonna stop adding years at 20. (laughs) so i know i feel like i'm not aging anymore but uh the freight industry i got into it just as a small project and it turned into the tmss have been my career and specifically around freight brokers so i've gotten the opportunity to really learn such a tremendous amount about freight brokerage and what that means to the logistics industry and the supply chain as a whole. So it's been a tremendous journey that I've been on and I've gotten to build three or four different versions of a TMS, again, all focused around freight brokers, but really about operational excellence and about building products that help people solve problems. Uh, and that's been a real gift for me too. And it's, uh, unfortunately, it's something that I feel like I've always been pretty good at, but I love doing it. And so through my career, I've spent that whole time either writing code, designing systems, and now running a company that's uh, that we hope is going to be the largest TMS in the brokerage space, but already well on its way. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Look, thank you so much for that background. And you guys are, you're the talk of the town, winning a lot of awards, and we'll get into that later. But just you and your background, man, how has software development changed since your first role, your earliest role way back with Hypertree? <laughs> oh, yeah. So the I am a software developer at heart. That's my background. I went to school at the University of California for a software development degree. So computer science, uh, that's where it was, was really for me. I've loved computers and I've loved technology from the beginning. Uh, and I really took to writing code and developing software applications. Um, later, I kind of realized that what I really love are, is building things for people. Um, and it just happens that with software, we build things that are virtual. You don't get to hold them, but you still get to see them and interact with them. Uh, so similar to building a house where you get to live in it and interact with it. 
So I started writing software at Hypertree, um, moved on from there to Hyundai and a, a few other jobs along the way. But then I started 3PL Systems back around 2005, 2003, somewhere in that range. And that was my first introduction to TMS and the freight space. And that was a TMS for freight brokerage. A uh, few turns and twists in the career, you know, because these are the, the journeys that life kicks at us. Um, had a couple tough years in the middle, you know, uh, partnership separation from 3PL Systems is what led to the part of the journey I'm at now, which is Thai Software. And Thai's been, we've been building this TMS while we were part of E-Freight and so forth. So around 2013 is when we started over on a TMS. So now it's about 10 years that we've been maturing this product. Um, but in during COVID, we split off from a freight brokerage that was a part, uh, part of our organization at that time. So once we split off from the freight brokerage and became a pure software company, it really opened a lot more doors for us and allowed us to really focus on what we wanted to do, which is to get more brokerages tools that they need to be effective. And so that's what we've been doing uh, for the last few years is just making sure that that everybody knows about what our product is for. And, and what we've seen, and, and we'll get to this a little bit more later, is that the as I talk about building things that help people, we're at a phase with TMSs where that's the most critical piece is building a product that helps the people who use it every single day and in everything they do and that operational excellence and and it's fortunate that all these the timing comes together and so you know uh, some of this is is really just a little bit of luck too on timing and and it works out great and so you know just to kind of keep going along those those lines too the you know as we've broken off from the freight brokerage what we really did was was reinvest in ourselves and you know like i talk about a little bit of operational excellence for the brokerage we did that for ourselves too as a business uh, because before we were a little more scattered we had a handful of products that we were offering at at our prior branded company which was e-freight solutions and technology uh, so we had different products we were offering in a wider range. But what we realized is that we're really good with a TMS for freight brokers. So when we narrowed our scope and started providing pro providing just our TMS for freight brokers and, and moved away from some of the peripheral products, it allowed our whole team to reshift their center. And it gave us that operational excellence that we want our brokers to see. And that's part of what I attribute our success to was narrowing down our product and really knowing who we want to be. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for that. By way of you saying that you were in the brokerage TMS space in the mid 2000s, early 2000s, what was the scene like back then? Were there a lot of players in the freight brokerage TMS space or were you kind of like doing something brand new, like even being a pioneer as such? Yes, a little bit of both. There are there were a handful of products out there, not as many geared directly towards the freight broker, but in those years the key players were Mercurygate and Algex. You know, those two companies were really pioneering the freight brokerage 
product market space, and we're doing a, a pretty good job with it um, at that time too. And one of the areas that we were really pioneering was even back in the early 2000s, we were a cloud-based program. You know, everything we did was cloud-based, and at the time, uh, that was a really hard sell. You know, this was before iPhones, right? So. Uh, a very different technical world that we were working in. And we were leaning in on, you don't need on-premise servers. Um, and that was uh, crazy talk at that time, right? But uh, today, we get to have the opposite conversation. If you're not cloud-based, now it's crazy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's, it's funny that you say you know, how the trend has changed and you have to be able to operate out of the cloud now. I mean, in your experience, what's the earliest you heard of EDI capabilities, like where you had to have EDI capabilities so that a freight broker can, you know, win certain business from a certain client? Like, what's the earliest that you can remember that being a part of the ordeal? Services, the solutions that they're able to offer to those clients. And it makes me think about your a mentioning of the iPhone and just the the additional technologies that are baked in once you update. You know, as someone who founded and ran his own software company and now is the head of the Thai software ship, how do you decide what is to be added to the TMS? And I guess as you're formulating that response, this one little thing I wanted you to add is those features that are being added. How do you determine if it's going to be a premium? portion that's going to go into the software or is it just going to be something that's open to everybody, you know, that comes a part of the, the normal deal? Yeah, those are, that's a, some great questions right there. So um, let's unpack them in the opposite order. Let's talk about the premium component first. And one of the things that we've found that really varies based on the space you're in, but for us, being that we work with freight brokers, Freight brokers don't want to have lots of different pricing that comes through for them. Uh, and what I mean by that is if they want a TMS and a technology product that offers the whole solution for them and they know what they're getting. Uh, and so that's what we really try to do is transparent pricing. We want to be upfront with exactly what you're going to pay for our product, how you're going to get it, what it's going to include. And then we don't have very many premium updates or or extra charges that come along with it. There are a couple because there's a few things that we have to do that are pretty heavy lifts on our team side. So we have to look out and protect those. But we try to offer our product with a single clear price so you know exactly what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, and take away any any shock that comes from variables there. Um, and we find the receptivity to that amongst our broker group to be really, really good. Yes, sir. Now, now on the other question was you were asking about how do we decide what goes into it? And uh, that's a really tough question because there's just so many components and so many factors that we have to think about, like um, how much impact will this have on our customers? Uh, is this part of our long-term roadmap? Uh, is this something that will help our our support teams better support our customers? So all these factors come into play when our product team is evaluating and trying to decide like, okay, what what do we want to do? And one of the things that we know in software development is 
that we also have to spend a tremendous amount of time on what we call maintenance. And that maintenance is just fixing things that are already there. And when I say fixing, what I really mean is, is modernizing. So maybe we'll have to do a UI change on something, or maybe we'll have to change the underlying technology that, that we built something on, but continuing to keep that up to date. And so the, the reason that we do that is because we've already been doing this for 10 years, but if we want our product to last 20, we have to make sure that we're constantly changing it and keeping up with current technologies. So that's another weight that you carry as a software provider and as a, a product specialist is that we have to weigh the maintenance and all the product enhancements that are coming in, security concerns, and we weigh all of those and try to balance them out and pick the things that we need while still maintaining our backlog, which are, which in a software company, the backlog is always long. Like <laughs> there's always a lot of things that people want, but figuring out how to prioritize those up and score these items so that we pick each one in the right sections and that we don't ignore things like maintenance and end up getting behind on a technology initiative and, uh, you know, like maybe not supporting something that's a new upcoming uh, maybe a new upcoming partner that's doing a real doing really good and making big changes in the industry. We need to make sure and allocate time for that. Yes, sir. And I feel like things are changing very rapidly. I'll say a year ago, <laughs> the year yeah. a year ago in the way chat GPT, you have to automate, you have to be able to automate. And I know that you guys just were able to put into your own service offering things that are able to save so much time. I'm talking more so about the, email automation and some of the yeah. documentation processing. Let's talk about some of that. How did that, where did that, when did that first get onto the roadmap versus you guys talking about how it's a priority and it has to get out there to really service your clients? So the, that hit our roadmap uh, almost two and a half years ago, I think. And we started building some AI tools around email because we identified that email is such a critical component for freight brokers that having your email as a completely separate component from your TMS adds friction to the workflow for an operations person. It adds friction for everyone involved in the freight process. So we started working on it early. And to be honest, we got a little bit lucky with ChatGPT because we were already doing a whole bunch of work to build these really cool AI models to process email. But then ChatGPT started taking off, and we were able to take the models we built, run them through something similar to ChatGPT, and really step up what we were able to do. So we went from having something that was pretty cool to something that's absolutely amazing in that side of it. And then we also use we use Google's version of ChatGPT, but it's uh, they're very similar competitors. And so we have that built into our TMS too for outgoing emails. So you can take a template and then chat GPT it, and you have a custom template that you can reply to your customer. So we were, in this case, we had seen a problem, we started to identify it, and then took advantage of the new tools nearly real time to them coming out. I think we had our chat GPT implemented around February of this year, whereas, you know, the momentum of it really started in like, November of a year ago so mm -hmm. that we turned it around really quick and and that ties into what I was talking about before about balancing out the roadmap 
and um, making sure that the software product is evolving quickly and updating quickly and taking advantage of new technologies as they're coming out. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, thank you for that. And just thinking about it, are your what are some of the things that your customers are needing more to win freight business as of late? You know, we talk about uh, being able to automate with the AI tools, and we can even talk about the processing of documentation, making sure that you're reducing the friction. Are there any other things that are trending that are constantly being talked about with your freight brokerage customers? Absolutely. I think in the last couple of years, what we're seeing, especially in the full truckload space, is a digital revolution. And TMSs are evolving to a new tier of require to have a new tier of requirements. And those requirements are integrating to partners in really dynamic ways. Like for example, Green Screens has a lot of momentum on and they're doing some really amazing things to help with pricing and modeling pricing. Uh, Parade's another example of a product that has done a great job of helping foster relationships um, along with Cargo Chief C4 product, which also does some really cool work to help you leverage those existing carriers. Because one of the things that happens with existing carriers, and because we're going to tie this into the fraud component, which is a big deal lately as well, is if you're working with a carrier you've already worked with before, it's a lot less likely that they're going to be a double broker or or that they're a fraudulent broker because you've already had one successful shipment with them or five or 10. So these tools that are available have changed dramatically in the last few years. And as a TMS provider, we feel like it's our responsibility to make sure that a broker can take advantage of those tools built into their workflows and have a great experience where they're bringing in these different components and automating and streamlining all of these processes. So it's a it's really about that operational person first, making sure that the ops person has the tools they need, the information they need and context to where they need it right in time. And we feel like that is a key component to helping with the overall success because your operations person can be more efficient. Right? They can spend their time helping their customers instead of spending their time fighting with their tools. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you so much for sharing that. Those are some very good partnerships to have. And big shout out to Green Screen's Charm. I met that brother and Kelly. Kelly from Parade at a networking yep. event here in the Atlanta area. And it had to be had to be sometime during the summertime, but it was so refreshing because, you know, with COVID, people weren't really getting out for just the normal ha happy hours. Uh, we had just started going back to conferences, but this was the first real happy hour mixer I had been to in a long time, and it was perfect. And I met those two individuals. So I do know that those are some very powerful tools, and I'm happy that people get access to them just by way of you know signing on to your your services it's really helpful to have all those tools right there and you mentioned this earlier but 
let's talk about it a little bit more. Cybersecurity has been a real thing. And then we talked about the fraud aspects of things, but is cybersecurity uh, an increased cybersecurity concerns in the supply chain? Has that to do anything different or, you know, have you guys focused on it at all? We've been security first from the beginning. So as a software provider, we take security exceptionally seriously uh, because we feel like we have to, right? Our job as a technology provider or freight broker is to be their technology experts where we look at our job just like a freight broker, where the freight broker's job is to be a logistics expert for their shippers. We're their technology expert. So security has always been a top priority for us. Advising our customers on security is important. Uh, so we've always taken it really seriously. And what we find is that you have to build security in from the ground up. You can't have a situation where you go and do a security review or you think about security occasionally. We have to be thinking about security all the time. And so we do, even through our development process, we talk about security as part of that. We talk about how we store data, where we save that data and even how we build our infrastructure to reduce that, that security footprint so that we're not as open to vulnerabilities. So uh, very important to pay attention to it. And I think it's also then a factor that comes along with an advantage of a cloud-based platform versus an on-premise product that is running in your office is you have this false sense of security if your servers are in your office that, well, they're right here, they're local to me, so I'm not going to get hacked. But the opposite is actually true. A cloud-based infrastructure, like we run our system on the Microsoft Azure platform, they spend billions of dollars every year on security and protection. We get to lean in on that. We work with a company called Cloudflare, which is a, one of the biggest security providers in the U.S., and they we get to lean in on their work as well. So we're we're standing on the shoulders of some giants that know so much more than I could ever dream of. And that's an advantage that we get being on the cloud. But when you deal with like an on-premise where you have your, your personal computer or your local firewall in your office, those pieces of equipment are really vulnerable. And they're not vulnerable to where somebody's going to hit them and go and collect a million-dollar ransom. But what they can do is they can hit 10,000 of them for a $5,000 ransom. And it's going to be easier pickings. And the, it's not going to draw the attention of the FBI. It's, these things will fall under the radar. So even if you're a small shop and you have a local on-premise server, be aware of the security risk that comes with that. And be aware of the potential data loss that can come with that. Whereas a cloud provider, we have some very different mechanisms to support it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And just by way of what the economy is doing right now, we hear a lot more of fraud and cargo theft and all of these things. And, you know, it's not as though the industry is not doing something about it. I feel like there are so many conversations going on right now about operating a dispatch company. You have to understand uh, what's going on and make sure that you're on the right side of things, you know, to, to do your job so that you're providing that operational efficiencies for the carriers that you're 
operating on behalf of, but also so you're not getting held up. Booking yeah. freight is a, a, a very fast-paced thing, especially if you're operating off the load board. So you you got to know what's going on. And um, yeah. and you brought up a really good point there, like the dispatching service as a dispatching service. That's kind of a uh, can be a tough place to be sometimes because you want to make sure that you're properly representing the carrier, but still providing that operational value. So it, it's uh, it's a really challenging spot to be in, but an important one to make sure that you're transparent in how you're working and how you're talking. Exactly. Transparency is everything. And, uh, you know, not only transparency, but you got to communicate swiftly. You cannot be a bottleneck for information when you're operating oh, yeah. in that role because, it, you know, any delays is already not good. But if you are a dispatch agency and, you know, there's already this <laughs> this this bullseye on you, you got to make sure that you're doing things the right way and swiftly so that everybody can be comfortable. And just by way of me being That's a good point, uh, as long as I have is more so now it's relationship based. It's, it's less being on the low boards. And, you know, you have the people, the organization, the brokers uh, that know you and know what you what you are um, representing. So it's, it's, a, it's a lot easier, but it can be challenging if all day long you're on the you're in the spot market. So very interesting stuff there. I, I loved your point. Of, I loved your point there about the um, the speed at which you have to communicate. And I got to tell you, that's one of the things I'm most impressed about the way brokers operate and dispatch services operate is that the the speed and the availability of responding to customers is always so impressive to me you know like i mean i get so far behind on my emails that sometimes it'll take me like a day to respond or some and i i try to think about it like man that's so um and even for our, our support team who we try to respond to an email in three hours mm. and we think that's good but uh, but for a, a broker or dispatcher, like three hour time to respond is like ridiculous. Like that's so uh, I'm always so impressed with it. Like it's amazing at, at how swiftly you guys can communicate. And uh, it's a definitely one of the superpowers of a freight broker. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Look, I appreciate that, that acknowledgement. And I'm happy that you took the time to bring it out because people need to understand that is a part of the role and that is what's yeah. expected. So tools such as yours that allow that communication to be easier, streamlined, and you know, you don't have to start at square one whenever you are talking about a specific load or any of that kind of stuff that, I mean, that helps that, that all helps the industry. And um, I did want to ask you, you know, just by trade, in training, you are a software developer. I mean, is there a particular facet or part of freight brokerage that you feel like, you know, speaks to you more than any of the other aspects? Uh, I would say accounting is probably the area that I feel is the most kind of neglected, I guess. And mm. what I see from that is that it's not necessarily that I I am gravitated towards the accounting side, but we have definitely established kind of a philosophy that when you're working as a freight broker, you have to think about accounting 
when you're creating a shipment, not when you've delivered a shipment. So the reason I emphasize that is that if we think about what it's going to be like to collect on this shipment at the time we're creating the shipment, we maybe will be a little more diligent in verifying the address or looking up to find out if they have a lift gate on premise or you know any number of things along those lines like or is there dwell time wherever we're going like these are all factors that we really need to think about early on because they impact our ability to collect on the shipment and i think it's a it's important for us to look at a shipment's life cycle all the way through from when we first receive a request from a customer through to where the customer pays. If we don't look at that part of it and we neglect the accounting side, then we cause ourselves a lot of problems down the road where maybe it takes an extra 20 days to collect our money on that shipment, or maybe the carrier bills us incorrectly and we have to deal with a rebill from the carrier, or maybe we cause some detention and we give that driver some extra unexpected difficulty and all of these little things can add up to be real problems. Like, you know, detention's a great example of it or dwell time where if, you know, the driver is getting ready to drop off with our shipment and he's expecting a, a window from eight to 10, and then he, maybe he's made a commitment to, or maybe you've helped him make a commitment for his next shipment where he's supposed to pick it up by two. But if that carrier gets stuck for five hours instead of being there for one hour, it causes a lot of problems for him, right? So now then you're having to hit him up and be like, hey, where are you at? And he's like, oh man, I'm still dropping off this last shipment or you know, I'm, I'm stuck here because they're, they can't get their forklift driver. He's out, he's out at lunch or you know, like these types of things that seem like they can be small can really have a big impact. And so we like to think about all of the and bring accounting in. And I think it's so important that if we can say that accounting is an a very important part of the freight ops process, it'll help the whole business be more efficient. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I agree with that wholeheartedly. And I feel like everything's changing. The perception of the truck driver's time and, you know, whether it can be quote unquote played with <laughs> at these shippers and receivers is, is changing. Mm -hmm. You know, people understand that there are consequences that come along with holding a driver longer than was necessary. And uh, I'm happy about some of these organizations that making it known and awarding and bringing good recognition to those shippers who are doing what they need to do, getting them loaded so that they can be out of there immediately or as soon as possible versus those who might just be a little bit more lenient or, you know, just not thinking about what that carrier yeah. that driver has to do. Yeah, you made a really good point there. It's it's so important that we do think about it from all the different perspectives, right? And and make sure that as a um as a broker I'm being respectful of the shipper's time and the driver. So you're right. I, I love seeing tools that help everybody be more successful because at the end of the day, like if if I can help a shipper predict where trucks are or when trucks are going to show up at their doors that'll help them be a little more efficient in the loading and unloading if we can offer a little bit of tooling around expectations for drivers so that they know 
even certain things like what the right entrance is to get into a warehouse facility, then you know those little things all add up to efficiencies that make everybody's life a little bit better and make it then a little easier for us to to deal with changes in the freight market and challenges and other things. Wow. Yeah. I understand that just by time, sometimes when I'm receiving a rate confirmation, how in the notes, it'll have a specific uh, instruction on, hey, maybe you should pull into this particular turn so that it'll be easier to get back to the dock. But I was wondering, is that something that's built into trucker tools or one of those type of truck based apps, you know, that are navigationally yeah. inclined. Is that something that they do in there? Because that would be so helpful. Yeah. You know, I was just looking at, uh, some, some of the product offerings from PC Miler that that's the Trimble product. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they do a tremendous job on some of those components where they can really help you identify very specifics around where the truck's supposed to be routing and how it's supposed to go there. Uh, and it, it's really amazing the level of detail that PC Miler is bringing into their product all around the drivers. And it'll even tell you things like, you know, obviously some of the, the things where, where trucks aren't supposed to go, but it'll help you as well as understanding where the truck can turn around, right? Because that can be a real problem. Some turns just aren't truck friendly, you know, especially if you've got a full uh, full length van. But the, and they're helping with all of those types of things. So you can put in the specific asset type and length, and it'll tell you like, okay, yeah, this route is okay. You should go to this this side. And if it's a longer vehicle, then it'll tell you where those are those problems are as well. So really impressive the work that the PC Miler team has done to keep their maps modern and keep that routing information really high quality. Good, good. I love to hear that type of stuff, the tools that are available now to help our carriers make these deliveries successfully. So I appreciate you mentioning that. As far as, you know, the market, the market in air quotes, you know, how are you guys keeping up with where we are in the market. Is there anything that your team does to keep a pulse on what the market looks like as far as, you know, volume and freight and all that kind of good stuff? Is there anything that you guys, you leverage on the, on a regular? Oh yeah, we are compensated. I mean, our product is, is primarily around transactions. So monthly transactions matter to tie. And part of the reason we do that, we do have, keep our pricing flat and and there's some parameters around it but as part of our upfront pricing we wanted to know that as our customers are succeeding we succeed as well and so you can kind of get a good idea of like the cost per transaction per shipment and you can almost build that in to your overhead of this is how much it costs me for the technology for this shipment so it becomes kind of a linear line with per shipment but on the other hand when volumes are being reduced we see that as well and we feel it. So we're motivated to work just like a freight broker is and, and we're compensated in accordance with the way they are. And so, yeah, we see the, the volume changes and we see, you know, fortunately across hundreds of brokers that work in our platform, we get to see some that have been more successful and continue to grow. 
We've seen some that have struggled. We've seen, you know, we get to see all these economic conditions that are happening. And uh, there's no question that it's been a tougher year than prior ones. Uh, but, you know, we, we do know that the freight industry is cyclical and we are in a, in a tougher spot, but we will get out of it. Uh, and I think for me, one of the things that I like to think about during this is that when it comes to your investment in your company, as regardless of what your company is, if it's in an upswing or a downswing, you do need to continually invest. And the fortunate part is an investment in technology can serve you in both. An investment in technology during a tough market like, like we have now can make you more efficient and do more with less. Uh, an investment in technology during an upswing can help you move more freight and support the growth of your business. So the investment in being good at what you do always pays off. Agreed, agreed. And just by us partnering up with Freightways Sonar team for probably every week for the last two years, I say two years, but it's probably a little bit longer than two years now. And just some of the recent articles that I, I read on their site. I mean, let it be known that I'm not an economist or any of those things. But you know, <laughs> likewise, just by, likewise. <laughs> but just by reading the articles it, and and talking to the sonar team, it does seem as though freight is up over 2022's numbers. And if I'm saying that, I think it's as much as by 10% higher year over year. And I know that most of the time people will want to see that type of indication on the load board, but it's not there. I mean, this is contracted freight for the most part that's going to eat up any of those increases. And, you know, just by way of you guys being able to see the data and see the transactions, is it easy to toggle between the aggregate numbers for something that's, uh, you know, completed via the spot market versus something that's done via contract. Is that something that you guys can see? Not as well as FreightWaves does. I mean, they are definitely the de facto standard there on, uh, on core data and aggregating that data for the market. So uh, again, another really impressive company. I keep giving all these shout outs to different companies, but uh, you know, mostly I'm, I don't get paid by the by them all, but uh, uh, maybe I should off. I should ask about that. But <laughs> I'm just so impressed by the work that they do, you know, and and so that's why I keep bringing up all these different products and and vendors out there because we all contribute in different ways, and together as a whole, we can make the, the industry move forward and continue to to provide as the best products available in the industry, and and so FreightWaves definitely deserves the shout out for. Their sonar data is unbelievable, and uh, and the insights they can provide with it, uh, really, they're the leaders there. You know, we don't ever try to dispute what they say. Right. I mean, and I feel like I feel like we've learned just as a, a culture. You know, those people who are working at organizations, whether you're the CEO, maybe you're the founder and CEO, maybe you're building it from scratch. I feel as though the culture has changed where we're way more inclusive and quicker to give a shout out versus to try to give the cold shoulder to other organizations. And I think it's because of just 
you know, wanting to provide as many solutions as possible when you are talking to that customer and it's about relationships. This is a very relational industry, the supply chain that is, and specifically freight transportation. It's a lot of who you know and how you make them feel when they think of you, <laughs> you know? So um, I, I feel like it's yeah. changed from the way probably people handled uh, some of these things in the past. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And, you know, I love supporting teams and companies that are that are working to help improve what we have. But you brought it up earlier and the about having the happy hour with Parade. Um, and I forgot who else you met with there. But uh, it was a green screen. Those, yeah, green screens. Thank you. Um, but, you know, it's so cool, like going to those happy hours or going to the, the conferences the freight industry is, is in general, a really great group of people. You know, everybody, every group has people who are a little tougher, but you know, that, that happens everywhere. But overall, freight people are, are so easy to work with and they're so open and, uh, engaging. So it's really cool that like, I love going, getting the opportunity to go to like those happy hours or go to the trade shows and engage with other software companies or with other freight professionals there's so much you can learn and and it tends to be so easy to engage with somebody and ask them and talk to them and and i always learn something new and it, it's so cool to see so uh i always look forward to it looking yeah. forward to more of them in 24 that's for sure definitely as in my brother as in my for those folks who are in the freight sales world and they're looking for some conferences, you know, potentially to win business. Are there anything, any specific conferences that you know, you know, where the, the shippers are going to be present? You know what? That question you've got me on. The, um, my, the way I look at the conferences usually is about uh, where the educational component of them, more so than whether or not shippers are attending. And it's a little bit because... We are so much on the brokered space that uh, that's where we end up focusing. And on that front, the TIA conferences through the Transportation Intermediaries Association, they run an absolutely amazing conference where the amount of education available there, the amount of technology that you can see there is really breathtaking and, and amazing. So from that side, it's a real learning opportunity. Um, I wouldn't call it um, an opportunity to grow your business from there, but uh, but that's my favorite conference of the year. Oh, nice to walk the exhibition aisles. You're you're participating. You're speaking. Is that correct? Yeah, we this year I think we will have two or three different panels that we'll be a part of, um, and we'll of course we'll have our booth there. Uh, so we'll be there because there's a lot of freight brokers represented at the TIA. And so we'll definitely be there with a, a good number of people from our team. And we'd love to see everybody at that event and talk to everybody. It's, uh, you know, like I said, it's my, one of my favorite things to do and uh, always a good time to, to hang out with freight people and talk to them about all number of things. Yeah. I can't imagine. I know that I'm going to, I'm going to a few different ones that are, haven't even been to in the past in 2024. I can already feel it. I know it's happening. But uh, some of the, my favorites in the Atlanta area, um, there is 
Modex. So that's a huge. Yeah, event. that's a great one. Yeah, yep. it's, it's huge, man. It's a. It my jaw dropped. <laughs> it was just like, wow, all of this. <laughs> um, have you had an opportunity to visit Modex yet? I haven't personally, but some of our team went this year. Okay, and yeah. they they shared a ton of great feedback from it. Okay. Well, big shout out to Ramel. I know that he is going for his third year of doing Freight Fest, and that's going to be in the Houston, oh, Texas wow. area. Okay. So uh, big shout out to that. I know he's also participating in Manifest. Um, so I hear a lot about Manifest. I haven't been out yeah. to Vegas to catch it yet, yet, though. Yeah, we'll be at Manifest this year. Um, I'll definitely be there as well. So looking forward to that one. And yeah, it's another great conference. Nice, 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 nice. So I'm talking about the freight before we began talking about conferences, it was more so just talking about uh, those numbers in the aggregate. And even this title of this conversation, it was talking about a rebounded freight market. I just said that freight is back up. It's up 10 percent over what it was December 2022. And, you know, it's still not necessarily feeling like the market has rebounded. Is there a certain feel of the market or a look to the market where you personally will say, oh, yeah, it's rebounded. We're exactly where people will want to be right now. Is there anything like that that you've consciously thought about? Yeah, I think when we talk about it, one of the challenges that comes up is we need to talk about it in terms that are a little more consistent and maybe looking a little more long term. Right. Because I mentioned cyclical nature of our industry and. You know, in 2020, right after COVID, you know, there was a huge boom in freight and it was bonanzas. But I think what we need to think about is when we look at it, we have to weigh the transaction count separately from percent margin and separately from total revenue, because all of these things move at very different paces. And to get a holistic view of what's going on, I think you have to weigh all three of them. Because overall, freight revenue can be really misleading based on fuel prices alone can swing that pretty dynamically. But then also we do know that the freight, the cost to move some freight has just changed a lot. Like we had the during the time where everything was so impacted, things were way more expensive and probably a little overinflated. So the change in total revenue as a factor is one thing. But regardless of that change in revenue, Percent margin, I think, is super important, whether or not you're a carrier, a dispatcher, or a freight broker. The percent margin is really the key driver that you should be looking at around, is my business being more effective or less effective than it was before? And then also the transaction count is a factor there too, right? And then the transaction count can tell you, as you're saying, like it's increased by 10%, like that should show you. Like, okay, I'm still getting the same transactions from this customer or so forth. So I think all three of those are factors in evaluating what our performances, individual performances looking like. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. When I'm thinking about it from the side of the carrier, I think a rebounding market looks like being able to go to the low board and find a freight opportunity that pays well and you're not cancel because somebody called right after you and said that they would do it for, you know, $15 cheaper. (laughs) 
it's when that type of stuff is no longer happening. And that happens when you get a little bit more available out there on the spot market. So it's just interesting, interesting times. 2024, are there any things on the roadmap that you care to speak on right now, maybe even at a high level? Yeah, for sure. And we, well, like I shared at the beginning, uh, I'm a software guy at heart. So I love improving our product and I love working to help our customers. And so that's going to be the core of what we're going to be working on in 24 is a continued push to work with some of our partners even better than we're doing today. Uh, We're going to continue to push on this email platform. But for us in 24, I'd say what the overarching strategy is, is around flexibility and customization of the product. So we already allow a good amount of flexibility and a a good amount of connectivity, but we want to keep pushing that forward. And I think what we're going to see as a technology need in the next three to four years is an expectation that our TMS product is able to handle a much more versatile mechanism for solving problems. And I mean that that can be done just by configuring our TMS, not by going through a big custom effort to make that happen. And so that's one of the things that we're excited about and that we're going to try to be a leader in is to allow you that kind of flexibility built into the TMS where you don't have to engage custom work to allow you flexibility to do more and more different things. And I think that all attributes to that technology revolution that I mentioned before, where we're at a point where the technology really has to be customized around our our operations people and around our accounting people, the people who are doing the work in our TMS. And that's where Ty's really going to focus is on those people and the and building flexibility around what those people are working on so they can be even better at the job they do today. Yes, sir. I think that is exceptional, <laughs> you know, because one of the questions Hi. that I want to ask is how frequent are custom build outs today? And it sounds like they're still there, but the goal is to make it so that you don't have to do those as frequently, if ever. Is that correct me saying that? Yeah, that's uh, that's exactly right. And home-built TMSs are, or custom TMSs for one brokerage is the second largest in the TMS space. Uh, and so that means that all of the products out there that are providing services to freight brokers, one of our biggest competitors is uh, is a freight brokerage hiring their own bro- their own developers to write a custom TMS just for them. And so one of the things that we want to make sure that we're doing is helping brokers understand and evolve to the, the level where they aren't spending all their time trying to be a software development shop, where they have a TMS that allows them the ability to change their TMS to meet their needs so that they can focus on their core business. And their core business being the ability to move freight, the ability to help shippers, the ability to build relationship with with carriers. We want our brokers and our customers to focus on that. We don't want them to focus on context. And what I mean by that is we don't want them to focus on writing a TMS. We don't want them to focus on worrying about integrating to their email. These are things that are important to the business 
but not important to your customers. And so even at Ty, we try to do the same thing. Like we have software developers, but we purchase software as well. And we purchase software that provides context to our work, like our ticket management system so that we can respond to our customers, like our knowledge base so we can document all of our products. These are products that we buy. However, we build what our customers need. And so I want freight brokers to be able to do the same thing where they can buy Ty's product and we'll solve 80 to 90% of their problems without them having to think about customization at all. Yes, sir. Man, that makes me think of one of my favorite books, which was Who Not How. And it talks about how you can outsource and save yourself all the time just by identifying somebody that's already specialized in that area and empowering them to allow you to walk down your goals a lot more. I'm brother. Like, is there anything that you wanted to talk about um, when it comes to Thai software that we didn't get a chance to cover already? Uh, well, I appreciate so much the time because we covered uh, so many great topics today. So I definitely appreciate that. Um, I'm happy to go into way more depth on anything with uh, anyone who's listening to this. So uh, happy to talk about it so much more too, because you know we've touched the surface and and got got into some of these topics a bit, but uh, we can keep going on them too. So yeah, I feel like we covered a lot of ground today. I appreciate okay. that. Thank you, Corey. Anytime, brother. Anytime. And the whole point is exposing individuals to some of these topics so that when they reach out to you directly to acquire your software, that's when those specific conversations can happen in depth. Um, but I definitely want to make sure that these freight brokers out here understand that your service, your solutions are here and you know they're only getting stronger and more robust. So I truly appreciate you for joining me this evening. Uh, did you happen to have any closing remarks? Yeah. Uh, again, thank you so much for the time, Jory. I really appreciate uh, talking with you today. It was a super fun conversation and you know, definitely feel free to reach out to us. We're at tie-software.com. That's T-A-I-software.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn. My email address is there and so forth. So happy to talk to anyone some more and or come see us at some of the conferences we're at too. Yes, sir. Well, look, again, I truly appreciate that. And for everybody who's been tuning in with us on Monday mornings, uh, you know, myself and Freightwave Sonar team, again, you know, it's the holidays, so we're not going to be having the session this Monday. It's Christmas, okay? So do not expect a session on Christmas. And I believe that the brother was interested in doing it on new Year's, so we might do one on new year's 7 30 eastern standard time um but i'll keep you posted about that walter mitch my guy i do think we're going to be seeing each other at some of these conferences um in the near future in 2024 and i just look forward to meeting you in person brother looking forward to it thanks again jory and Enjoy the holidays, and I'm glad to hear you're not working on Christmas Day. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. You enjoy the holidays as well, sir. Everybody, be blessed. Thank you so much for tuning in.